just thought of kings Better than diamond rings That's why we're here to sing Football Sunday in the snow With a breeze whistle blows Weekend warriors toe to toe Football 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 Yes, yes, people, welcome along to another episode of North London 40. Woo! My name is James Hamlin. My name is Inye Benigo. Welcome aboard all. Welcome aboard to week four of the NFL, which started, well, it started last week. Really? We don't cover the Monday night games. We know we've gone into this because of scheduling, time zones, blah, 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 blah. But something pretty epic happened on Monday night. Last week, I'm sure you've all seen it now, and it brought forward a very controversial situation that we've talked about on the pods, and we'll cover it now. Last Monday night, it was the Green Bay Packers lost on a ridiculous last-second play to the Seattle Seahawks. It was a dumb call. America cried. Barack Obama stuck his two penneth in. The deal got done. The refs are back. I like that. That's very concise. I'd also like to add from a completely different point, it was a great week of whining. Not even a week, it was three days. We got the Taiwanese animators involved, we got amazing memes, we got just tons of stuff. Just pure abuse. For, for the first three weeks, the refs had gone about, everyone was, you know, people were waiting for this mistake to happen, and when it did, oh boy, did they pile on. Monday Night Football, the Green Bay Packers lose a game, obviously a massively popular team in the U.S., it was just, it was going to happen, right? The deal was going to get done after that. So what's changed? What have the refs got that they didn't have before? Anything? As far as I know, no. I, I'm just happy that they're back. Okay, fine. Okay, they're happy. They're back. And they had some fun. Ed Hockley was back this week, right? Yes. Apparently, on hearing the news that the refs were coming back, he got down and started doing some push-ups. If you haven't seen Ed Hockley, if you go to the Tumblr, which is nldn40.tumblr.com, you'll find a great NFL Films video on Ed Hockley and his massive pythons. Also known as Ed Hercules. He's, uh, he's pretty cock-diesel, uh, as referees go. He's not your... Uh... He's a lawyer as well, I found out. Yep. yep. So the refs got what, got what they wanted. They're back, and everything's back to normal again in NFL land. Before we break down the rest of week four, let's go through the housekeeping stuff, as Inye mentioned. North London 40 on the Tumblr. NLDN40 on the Twitter. North London 40 on the Gmail. Hit us up, people. Hit us up with all sorts of random stuff. Follow our stuff on the Tumblr. Get involved on Twitter. Keep listening to the pod. We love all of you that yep. are taking the time out to listen to these pods. Cast each and every week and leave great feedback and all that type of stuff. And we're going to keep doing them all the time you keep listening and uh, as we go through the rest of this season, which is now into week four. Quarter of the way through the season. Yes. Apart from the bye weeks. Yeah. You're absolutely right. So, week four. Now, we've been bigging this up. We've been going nuts about how bonkers everything is and how amazing week three was. Now, week three was amazing. Yes. And we were going to struggle to beat that. Week four had some great stuff, but unusually this time, early games, a little quieter, not that much happening. The results, a little bit easier to predict. Things went via the rule book, as it were. Now, as much as we are two of the biggest advocates of this sport in this country, I'm putting my hand up now. 
I stacked a gold fund. <laughs> How could you? We've invested all this time in this podcast and you stuck the golf on. Look, okay, I'm sure I'm not the only one. <laughs> and look, I came back. This was towards the back end of the early games, which apart from the Atlanta-Carolina game, which we'll talk about in a sec, wasn't even close. And the start of the later games, and I tuned back in later. Look, I feel dirty. I've showered <laughs> since. The golf was incredible. See, those are those are two well, two words that shouldn't go t- together in the same sentence. Unless it's Tiger Woods on the morning after Thanksgiving, I'm not interested <laughs> in golf. If you want to look at TV sports, sports that were just created for TV, the Ryder Cup is absolutely next level. Constant excitement, the action, hole to hole to hole, class putts. You know, things changing, the momentum. It's just fantastic. Can I? Did someone sink a putt, an 18 foot putt, and then do the Gangnam style dance? No. That's what happened in the NFL this week. Did someone at the Ryder Cup sink an 18 foot putt, place rife with just tension, and then break out into the Gangnam style dance? Yeah, probably. Okay. I, I missed out on that. I missed out on that. But we got that in the NFL. We also got the eight hand stomp. But for the Gangnam Style dance, who was it again? D'Amato Pico for the Cincinnati Bengals. Followed in the footsteps of Chris Gale, who did it first when he was, <laughs> when he was playing against England in the cricket. Uh, DeMar- it's now hit the NFL. It's absolutely everywhere. I can't help it. Soon we're going to have Jeff Savas doing it on the Tumblr. We will. We will. We'll get that on the Tumblr. We'll it's it taken the over thanks- the world. We'll do it at the Thanksgiving party. Yeah, we will. Yeah, we will. Thanksgiving, by the way, tickets are on sale now. 20 quid. Gets you in, gets you fed, gets you watching three games, gets you to hang out with us, gets you to hang out with Mike Carlson and his analysis. Um, Adam Goldstein, who we had on the podcast last week, he's down there. That's the number one sports bar in Moorgate. That's Thanksgiving. Tickets on sale now, 20 quids. Follow us on Twitter and Tumblr. You'll find the links there and you can, you can make it work. So get making your Thanksgiving plans now and get ready for some Gangnam Style dance. That'll be good. That'll be really good. It will be good. So we moved on from the golf, mm-hmm. back to the NFL. Back to week four. As we said, early games, a little bit predictable. New York Jets, zero. San Francisco 49ers, 34. The 49ers out-wildcatted the Jets. It was... They did. That was actually probably the best thing of the early games in the first half, at least. Watching Colin Kaepernick, I I think I could pronounce that correctly run the wildcat against the Jets and them looking absolutely clueless. And Rex Ryan was quoted this morning as just saying that they got that ass beat. They did. I think a few people fancied the Jets in what was going to be a tight game there. They got absolutely marmalized at home by the 49ers. Sanchez was terrible. They lost Santonio Holmes. They've obviously lost... Darrell Rivas. For the season. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, just one to forget for the Jets. And, yeah, people are calling for Tebow. I mean, why the hell not? Why the hell not? Can't be any worse, but I don't think we necessarily see that as a solution. But just for fun. Someone someone quite rightly pointed out that the Jets team was like playing with the Vikings in Madden 2002, where you just consistently throw the ball to Randy Moss, hoping that he'd catch. And that was the only option you had. Don't get the link. You'd have to have played Madden 2002. Right, okay, fine. Talking of Minnesota, this Minnesota team's pretty good. At Detroit, 
Detroit Lions, 13. Minnesota Vikings, 20. Wow. Really, really, really interesting game. Not not four, three reallys, not four reallys. It was a three okay. really game. Christian Ponder has really taken control of this team. He's not making as many mistakes as he used to be. But to be honest, he's been getting the plaudits, especially last week, as well, that he played a really good game, running around the field like it was nobody's business. But this week, it was the special teams that really took over. Lamborghini Percy, Whoa. in the first return of the game, 105 yards, took it to the house. The man is a fantasy football, in brackets, when return yards count in your fantasy league, weapon. Mm-hmm. Isn't it? And on the same team, you've got Lamborghini Percy receiving passes from Glenn in brackets, Ponder and Ferrari. <laughs> At last, someone gets my joke about Glenn, po- about Glenn Ponder and Christian Ponder. Yeah, the Vikes are legit. No one would have saw that coming. No one would have saw that coming at all. And the Lions, man, they're now down to one and three, whilst Minnesota are three and one in the NFC North. Competitive division. Scrappy game, but the Vikes did what they needed to do to get the W. The Marcus Shirell punt return, which he scored for a touchdown, was amazing because I counted about 900 missed tackles. If you if you get the opportunity, go to NFL.com, go check out the highlights of that. It was it was it was incredibly poor play by the Detroit special teams there. I think Detroit isn't very good, and I think we see how that pans out. But a few drop touchdowns, mm-hmm. lots of passes, still no running game. Not sure how the good Detroit is, but we shall see. Sorry, Detroit fans. Are we seeing this as part of a larger story that we are seeing teams that have been not necessarily good in the past couple of years stepping ahead of their curve in terms of rebuilding and becoming not legitimate contenders, but they're stepping up a lot quicker than people expected. I think maybe you're right. I think we look at a lot of these teams that um, you look at it and you think, right, okay, how underinflated and overinflated was last year's performance? Mm -hmm. How many games could have gone either way? How many close ones did they lose? Have they got better, worse, whatever? And you're right. I think the Vikings... What they've done is they've got some great quarterback play. Yep. And nobody expected them to get there. Versus um, Detroit, some good quarterback play, a few passes dropped here and there, a few dodgy calls, still no running game. Mm-hmm. I think the Lions, far too many mistakes. They're just trying to outshoot people every week. Yeah. And when that doesn't work and they don't execute, they end up on the, on the end of a loss. And you look on the sideline and Jim Schwartz just looks, ugh, looks like he doesn't really know how to rectify it. Talking of shootouts, in Atlanta, the Atlanta Falcons 30, the Carolina Panthers 28, the Atlanta Falcons are now 4-0, and and they have the hottest player in the game in Matt Ryan. Matty Ice. Who I hate that name. That's not, call, that's not <laughs> called like that. You no, don't like that? No. Well, you've got to come up with something different instead. Currently, I yes. see Matt Ryan has... 17 come from behind wins since 2010 in the fourth quarter. Whoa. Currently I didn't know that. That's impressive. leading the league in that. He has proved himself to be... Uh, uh, it's him and Eli Manning that are the two quarterbacks that are... the like they, You want them in the fourth quarter, let's put it that way. Also, 
let's be honest, the Panthers coming out of their mini-bye, because they played on the Thursday game last week. Mini-bye, I like that. They didn't, they didn't really step up to the plate. They, they got shellacked by the Giants yep. in their last game. But they were much better this week. They were a lot better. I have, to give them, I have to give them their props. We do find ourselves in the position of watching a town turn against their quarterback. As I said last week, Cam Newton had the press conference with his eyes closed. Yep. He then, in, he then opened up his local newspaper to see they had made a cartoon with him opening his chest like he does after he scores a touchdown, yep. normally to reveal the S for Superman. Yep. But instead, it had a Hello Kitty. <laughs> so when, when your hometown are, are going up against you and and you know Steve Smith leader of the team questioning your belief even though Steve Smith completely tried to backpedal from those comments afterwards yeah Cam really needed a good game and and he did up until the end where reaching for those extra few yards he fumbled the ball mm. and put well effectively just gave the ball back to the Falcons and and even then it did still take an absolute miracle with the ball down on the on the one yard line it was it was it was an amazing throw to Roddy White James I I watched NFL game day before the games good man on Sunday morning and Michael Irvin was trying to stir up some BS let's say I read about that and and one of the things that he asked Roddy Wright and Julio Jones was are you the best receiving core or the best receiving duo in in the league? Which is fine. You know, Roddy White seemed to enjoy it. He seemed to feel like he was Tupac. And he was going ahead and just sh- shooting his mouth off. And he was fine. Yeah, we're, better, we're, the, we're the best around. It's fine. He's, but he did say this. With us, you've got to pick your poison. And that reminded me of when the Lakers team a couple of years ago had Kobe, Shaq, Gary Payton, Carl Malone. Who was the other player? I Hor- can't remember. Hori? Was it Robert Hori? Oh, I don't know. Was it Derek? Maybe it was Derek Fisher. I'm not sure. Yep. But and, and that was the season that they were all supposed to win rings and it didn't happen. Yep. And, and so I was maybe hoping for a little bit of a crash down to earth, but no. The Falcons went on 4-0. and One of the best teams in the league. They did, and they looked legit, and they got no output from Julio Jones in that game either. Roddy White stepped up big time. Injured hand. He stepped up big time. Also in the early games, making up for their slight hiccup over the past couple of weeks, New England Patriots, a whopping 52, Buffalo Bills, 28. Big win for the Pats. Definitely. This was the game that made me love watching games on the red zone. Because if you were just looking at Twitter, you would you were thinking the Pats were done, everyone was just going for the upset and at half time the Pats were in a hole. But to score on their last seven possessions with six TDs, with two res- On four uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick picks. Yes. Ryan Fitzpatrick throwing four TDs and four picks in the same game is pretty unbelievable. The last player to do that was actually Tom Brady. Really? Yeah. An impressive win. The Patriots make sure that they don't go, they don't lose three games in the in a row. And a big win like that can blow out the cobwebs. Maybe they can start firing on all cylinders again. Yeah, they look good. I mean, they ran the ball amazingly. Bolden, 16 carries, 137 yards. That's an 8.6 average. 
to you non-math heads. Stephen Ridley, 22 carries, 106 yards, averaging nearly five or two TDs. Gronk back in the game, even though he dropped a few. Mm. Fumbled a few, of course. Not 100% Gronk yet, I don't think. Maybe he's missing his mate. Aaron Hernandez on the other side, but five catches, 104 yards, and a TD for Gronk. So, yeah, New England can put up points. We know this. Can their opposition keep up with them? Buffalo were never going to. It's unstoppable. Absolutely tons of points for the Pats there. On to the late games. And as we mentioned earlier, a bit of a flip-flop. Normally we've seen more excitement in the early games. We saw much more excitement in the late games this week, which was cool. Apart from in one game, Oakland Raiders, 6. Denver Broncos, 37. Inye, pitiful. Let's just wrap this up very quickly and say... Peyton Manning had his one game where everyone thinks that he's really good again, and the Raiders were pretty poor. And to be honest, it's pretty crazy to think that the Broncos scored 37 points with no takeaways at all. Went into this game, nobody thought Denver could run the ball. They ran the ball all over Oakland. It was just ugly. Darren McFadden can get anything moving. Carson Palmer looked like old school Carson Palmer. Not old, old school Carson Palmer. Old Carson Palmer for the end of last season. Oh, God. First time Peyton has had a lead and built a lead and kept a lead. Looked a business. Destroyed the Raiders in the division. How good are the Broncos? Not sure we fully know. How bad are Oakland's? They're terrible. They are terrible. Okay, moving on. We mentioned the Falcons, 4-0. and Another team. The Bird Gang, Inye called them last week. <laughs> it's a bit of a weird nickname, but it's sticking with me. They're 4-0 and as well. Arizona Cardinals, 24. Miami Dolphins, 21. This went to OT. Miami, two consecutive weeks in OT, two consecutive losses Man, that sucks. But this was a great game, especially at the end. It was a great game. Ryan Tannehill threw for over 400 yards. Yeah. What craziness was going on in this game? Kevin Cobb looking assured, looking calm, throwing for over 300 with three TDs. And once again, we we find ourselves with the crazy position of the Cardinals going 4 and up. It was a bananas game. It was a bananas game at the end. Miami went up. Then Arizona came back. Went to overtime. Jay Feely put it through the poles for the Cardinals. Brian Hartline set a Dolphins record. 253 yards on 12 catches. I mean, you're right. Arizona's defense is really good. At least we thought it was really good going into this game. Ryan Tannehill stuck 400 yards on him. Got to feel bad for the Finns. They've been in these games. They're now one and three. They could be three and one. Some exciting things. Jaworski Lane, remember him from Hard Knocks? Scored a touchdown. Good on you, son. That was without a lot of contribution from Reggie Bush. Dolphins. Something to build on there, Dolphins fans. But Cardinals. Expected you to roll over the Dolphins, but you're four and oh. Kevin Cobb, three hundred and twenty four yards, three TDs. Larry Fitzgerald's. Eight grabs, 64 yards, and a TD. Moving on. Up to Green Bay. Huge match between the Saints and the Packers. It went right down to the wire. The Packers were victorious. 
Green Bay Packers 28, New Orleans Saints 27. This was a real ding-dong match. Couldn't predict who was going to win till right until the very end. Garrett Hartley missed a 48-yarder. Cost the Saints a shot of the lead. And that was that. Got to shout Drew Brees out. 446 yards passing, three touchdowns. He's thrown a touchdown at least 47 consecutive games, tying the NFL record set by Johnny Unitas. Drew Brees, what an absolute legend. Do you think it's time for the Saints to tank their season? Well, you need a coach to be able to make that call. Yes, we're going to tank it, right? But 0-4. It's not the You're our stat, man. Has anyone ever made the playoffs at 0-4? As far as I know, no. Okay. But at the same time, with the NFL, you don't want to be the leader of the pack. You don't want to go through the regular season 13-3. and You don't want to be 15-1. and You want to sneak into the playoffs at 9-7. and that way you're underrated, you're building momentum. For all we know, this 0-4 start could turn into, I don't know, a 9-7 and season. We'll see. But right now, the Saints are a bit all over the gaff. And once, as you said, this was a close game. They missed the field goal. You know, they even had Aaron Rodgers out for a couple of the plays. And, boy, the backup QB for Green Bay was horrible. Yeah, he was tossed. But, you know, at the end of the day, we are seeing... A very, very competent Packers team. And especially after the after being robbed last week, it was important that they won at Lambeau Field. Moving on. This is a good game. Washington Redskins, 24. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 22. It's another win for RG3. Do you know what the key for this victory was for the Redskins? Tell me. Alfred Morris. Great day rushing from him, 113 yards and one TD. The problem with the Redskins right now, they're, you know, Rob, RG3 is from the college system and quite used to running the option, but in the NFL, the hits are a lot harder. And for him to really, for the game to really open up for him, for the play action, for the run, they need to establish it. And if Alfred Morris has a good game, the Skins will have a good game altogether. And this was definitely one of those situations. I agree that they were pretty much in control. Tampa Bay weren't doing anything. Let them back in the game, and it all looks a little bit ominous for RG and the crew. <laughs> Terrible day for Billy Cundiff. God, it never gets better for that guy. He'd missed three earlier field goals that could have iced the game. But it was it was really exciting just to tune into that last drive and see RG3 and, and what he did. He his marched down the field. His headset was broken during that last uh, I saw that. Play, yeah. Um, Marched down the field, two consecutive runs, three consecutive passes, got Cundiff in position, he slotted through the winner. Redskins are 2-2, two and two. RG3's looking great, Morris is looking good as well, and, and Tampa Bay 1-3. and three. Again, again, they possibly could have looked at one, they look great in the air, Josh Freeman nearly put up 300 yards, Vincent Jackson looks a threat, scored a nice TD, went up and grabbed one, but Tampa fans can't be happy with that. Last game of the week... Talking of fans not being happy, let's cue some fans that are never happy with anything. <laughs> but they must be happy. Laying some lumber on their biggest regional rival. Philadelphia Eagles at home, 19. New York Giants, 17. The Eagles are now 3-1. and one, And they've won three of their games by a 
combined margin of four points? That's never happened before. See, people say that this show's fortitude, this show's guts, but right now, with the Eagles at 3-1, and one, they have, in my opinion, about as shaky record as the Jets do with their 2-2. Two and two. This was the first game that Michael Vick showed that he's probably learned from his mistakes. He had There were zero turnovers on the offense for the Eagles. That's right. Which is good. He started taking sacks in the red zone, whereas before earlier, well, earlier this season, he was trying to force it in into the end zone. And had a fairly competent day, sorry. 19 for 30 with 241 yards and one TD is, is a relaxed Michael Vick day. But still, they, they realize that they've got one of the best running backs in the league with uh, LaShawn McCoy. And, yes, they do. And they used him. 23 touches with 123 yards. And that was enough to beat the G-men who find themselves at 2-2 two and two, but could easily they're still easily one of the best teams in the league yeah another icing the kicker cock up of sorts happened at the end of that game mm-hmm. which is I think they might out, outlaw icing the kicker at some point just because it's just so pointless but Andy Reid ice the kicker if those of you who don't know what icing the kicker is it's when you call a timeout just before he's, the kicker is about to kick to basically make him think about the kick even more, even though he's thinking about you going to ice him because he knows it's going to happen. Andy Reid iced Lawrence Tynes just as he put the kick up that missed. Everybody in Philadelphia was getting ready to chase Andy Reid down the street with a big mm-hmm. kebab knife, more than normal. And so Lawrence Tynes got another chance, but then he kicked it short. So that was pretty stupid. That was week four. We've got three teams 4-0, and we've got two teams 0-4, and, and we've got a bunch of teams in the middle. I think we're really going to see which teams are going to be contenders in, over the next four weeks. If you think of this as the appetizer, we're getting the main course, and this is really where we're going to see teams separate themselves from the pack. Because, you know, you've got, for example, the Patriots' incredibly easy schedule coming up. And by the end of this, by the end of the second quarter, let's say, they could be six and two, and well on their way to the to another playoff appearance. Watch this space, people! It's going to be a great season. It's already a great season. It's unpredictable. It's unpredictable, and that's the best thing about it. Before we jump in into a quick preview of Week Five, thought we'd just have a look at who's nailing it in the fantasy rankings. Who are the top fantasy players out there versus who we forecasted? Now, we've spoken about a lot of these players. Fantasy owners are going to know all this type of stuff, but let's see who's doing the biz. Quarterbacks score the most points in fantasy football. We've mentioned these guys earlier. Number one quarterback is Matty Ice. Matt Ryan, 152 points. This is on the Yahoo scoring system. RG3, 148 points. Got drafted very low in a lot of leagues. few people picked him up. Myself on my Walthamstow Dogs team. We picked him up. He's starting for us every week. Fantastic. And Eli Manning, 132 points in third place. Huge game in there when he scored over 50 points on the Tampa Bay. But what are you going to do? Those are your top three quarterbacks so far. Out wide, we mentioned him earlier. And this is on the Yahoo scoring system where it does factor in returning points as well. Number one wide receiver, Lamborghini Percy himself, Percy Harvin. 
Number two, and he looked great this week. We didn't really mention it in the Cincinnati game, but he looked great. It was AJ Green, mm-hmm. 92 points. Number three, brilliant week this week for him, Roddy White. And sneaking up, coming out of nowhere. The monster game this week in number four was Brian Hartline. Shout out to him. He's probably available in most leagues if any of you want to pick him up. Is he going to be good next week? I don't know, but probably worth picking up if you're a little bit weak at wide receiver. Why the hell not? Running backs, Darren Sproles of the New Orleans Saints. Again, people weren't sure about Darren Sproles in fantasy leagues this season. Is he a flash in the pan? Is he going to do it again? He's been fantastic, especially receiving 113 fantasy points. And of course... With uh, Darren Sproles, you get returning points on uh, Yahoo Sports as well. Ray Rice, number two. Jamal Charles, number three. Got to mention Jamal Charles this week. So last week, and we spoke about it, he had a game from the gods. Nearly 300 all-purpose yards he had last week. Amazing. This week, at one point in the game, he'd carried the ball seven times, gained two yards and fumbled twice. And he looked at it and you're like, man... You're back to earth for the bump. He then went on to score two absolutely astounding touchdowns. Diving in on the corner, showing his speed. He's leaving the NFL in rushing with um, 415 yards on the ground. He's a talent. I love that guy. As the running backs, in terms of tight ends, again, who'd have picked it? The old stager himself, Tony Gonzalez. He's got Matty Ice throwing him stuff. He's got three TDs already, 70 points. For him, number two, Jimmy Graham was picked in number in round number one in a lot of leagues. He's got 66 points. Rob Gronkowski is third with 62 points for him. Expect Gronk to be at the top of that. Leaderboard now for sure. Who cares? Bob will mention kickers anyway. The old stager himself amongst all the rookies, and this is partly down to the ineptitude of that Detroit offense last couple of weeks, Jason Hansen is leading the kickers. But then after that, in the year of rookie kickers, Greg, nine for nine, Greg the, li- <laughs> Greg the legs are alive. <laughs> Young Jeezy himself, who is the Rams' most potent offensive weapon, let's be honest. He is. He kicks them in from everywhere. And rookie kickers are blowing up. You've got Justin Tucker there for the Baltimore Ravens. You've got Blair Walsh for the Minnesota Vikings. Lots of brilliant r- rookie kickers out there. The top of the fantasy league charts... And just to round it off with defences, the number one defence is Houston, followed by Arizona, followed by Seattle. So shout out to any of you fantasy owners out there that own any of those players. Fantasy League, as fun as it, as we predicted it to be, but a big long season ahead. Lots of injuries, lots of heartache ahead for you fantasy league owners, for sure, but great fun as we professed. And let us know how your fantasy teams are doing, if you've got any... um, Selection headaches you want our opinion on. I don't know if it's an opinion that's particularly valuable, but um, but happy to happy to give our two pennies on that. We have those selection headaches ourselves on a weekly basis and um, always tend to make the wrong call, but there you go. Week five is coming up. Another absolutely bananas week ahead of us in the NFL. Of course it is. And you say, yes, James, and you, you always say that. Well, we do. I was about to say hashtag bananas. You should start saying that now. should say hashtag banana, shouldn't I? Starts off with the early game. Cardinals at the Rams. The old St. Louis versus the new St. Louis about to be leaving St. Louis. That old rivalry again. Mm -hmm. The former London team. Yeah, the former London team. So all you stay stay up laters on Thursday night, Friday morning will be tucking into that one. Cardinals can go 5-0 
really exceed expectations around that one. Moving on to Sunday, the early games. Lots of great games there. I think if you look at the pick of them, Eagles, a Pennsylvania derby, if they even call it that. They're going to Pittsburgh to take on the Steelers. Should be good. Should be good. The Pittsburgh Steelers had the bye week this week, so they should be rested. They should be in good form. And, you know, coming off a loss to the Oakland Raiders, they, they're going to need that rest. And with the Eagles being tough and gritty, let's see how, uh, how that game plays out. An interesting quarterback duel. Two of the bright young things, really. I guess you could call them that. Even though it seems like Matt Ryan's been around forever. He's only been around for three or four seasons. He's taking his Atlanta Falcons into the backyard of RG3's Redskins. The number one and number two quarterbacks of fantasy football are going head-to-head. That should be a good match. A lot of points. I expect the Falcons to... I expect it to be a shootout, and I do expect the Falcons to win quite easily because the Redskins have a horrible defence. We've covered that in detail. Yes, they do. Okay, moving on to the late games. In terms of jewels of up-and-coming superstar quarterbacks, here's a jewel of grizzled veteran superstar quarterbacks. They've battled head-to-heads, Playoff games, regular season games, conference championship games, many times. It's Tom Brady and his New England Patriots welcoming Peyton Manning and his Denver Broncos. That should be a good match. Looking forward to that one. Even though Manning's got a new team, new surroundings, it's still him. It's still, you know, he's getting that team to play in his manner. And not like his home, but actually in his own manner. Yeah, I'm looking forward (laughs) to that one. Nice. And what looks like an absolute massacre on paper, (laughs) Monday night, the Jets welcome the 4-0 Houston Texans. That could be bad. Uh, That's that's a game that I wish I was in America to watch because I'd be awake, I'd have popcorn, I'd be, oh, it's going to be, it's going to be a massacre. Mainly because the fact the Houston Texans are good on all sides of the balls and the New York Jets are horrible on all sides of the ball. They are. I mean, there's probably an interesting over-under on shots of Tebow, mentions of Tebow, sideline shots of Tebow. Monday night. Didn't the Tebow, the whole Tebow phenomenon start on a Monday night? I think it did. Fourth and God, part two. Shout out. It's, it's, it's set up. It's set up perfectly. Mm. People, it's on BBC, it's on the red button. Yes, we know that's controversial. We don't think our tactic of just leaving it on the red button worked so far, but we're going to keep doing it, for sure. You know, we're four weeks away from the international series game. We are. This is the time that we probably should be showing that there is a big, strong UK support for the NFL. And so if you just do me this favor of leaving your TV on, putting the red button on, and somehow, some way, they'll be able to log into it, and then they'll figure out that there's a thirst and a want for this sport. And in fact, if you don't want to do that, just just go to the BBC website, click on the iPlayer, press play, do that every day, and maybe, just maybe, they'll give us a highlight show. Or, no, just even a host. 
a highlight show would be good. I think that there's a need for it. We've kind of come full circle in a way where it's like we used to have a highlight show on a, a very inaccessible time, admittedly, but it's hard to find a good highlight show. 25 minutes, 30 minutes, just round up of all the games. You can go on the NFL website and you can click through game and mm. you can do all that type of stuff. But, you know, I think it would be good to see that existing. It would be good to see It'd that. I think really, that. really good. Look, it, uh, the weekend that we had the NFL Game Pass was it was great. It was great to, for us as fans to be able to sit down and digest it and watch, watch condensed games and be able to catch up with things. But we really need this country is crying out for a highlights program put it on at two in the morning we'll record it and be able to watch it because i think that's the main way and i know this is controversial but i'm going to say it anyway i think more than us having a regular season game in london a highlight show is more needed in this country for this to spread the game well i i I honestly believe so yeah it'd be good it would be good to just chew back and, and watch that for you non-night owls amongst us. So what else is going on this week? And yeah, return to Homeland. Yes, return of the greatest American-Israeli twenty-four show of all time. <laughs> it was started last night. Have you watched it? No. Good. I haven't watched it either. Either. So no spoilers. We've been warned about spoilers around the TV sections, but no spoilers. But I'm sure lots of you have have seen season one of Homelands, and uh, season two started last night. So that's available. Via the Dark Arts, and I think it starts on Channel 4 next week. Yes, that's what I've been told. But on Sunday nights, which obviously clashes with NFL, so there's no point in you waiting mm-hmm. to watch it then. Um, so Sunday nights, Boardwalk Empire, Homelands, fantastic. Tramé. <laughs> Junk. Bob's Burgers. Junk. Talking to TV, we didn't reflect upon this. I know I'm a little late on this. But I just saw, and I know it's not the last episode of the season, but it's the last episode of that kind of season within a season. Mm-hmm. It's the last episode of the Louis, David Letterman mini-series <laughs> trilogy yeah. piece at the, uh, at the the penultimate end of uh, Louis. It's just magical. It was It was like watching Rocky, but with comedy and drama... At the same time, it was it was really really good. Amazing three episodes. Amazing three episodes. And look, just look at the cameos. David Lynch, he needs to act more. <laughs> Definitely, he was phenomenal. They they should stop using Clint Eastwood as the cranky old American man and use David Lynch in films. Jerry Seinfeld, devious Jerry Seinfeld. Yeah, yeah. Jerry playing the baddie. That was probably his idea. Mm-hmm. Chris Rock. Chris Rock and Clay Davis from The Wire. <laughs> is he an actual? Is he a boxing trainer? I was confused the whole time. I don't time. know. He plays a boxing trainer. If, if you <laughs> haven't seen it, we, we, well, we've kind of already we haven't spoiled it at all. But it's just perfection. It's just wonderful TV. Louis won a couple of Emmy awards. Didn't win any of the big awards. No. You kind of have to feel a little bit sorry for John Cryer, who won the best comedy actor. Beating Larry David and Louis C.K. <laughs> he kind of went up on stage and he's kind of like, yeah, okay, all right, thanks, but yeah. this is kind of a joke, which it is. It is. It's the problem with uh, big award ceremonies is that you've got to please the popular, the extremely popular TV shows, and often at the expense of better TV shows, especially critically, and the actors in these 
Chuck Lorre comedies find themselves in the awkward position of accepting awards in front of people that are comedy geniuses. So um, I'm, I'm glad he kind of admitted that, the mere culpa on that. So talking to the Emmys, and talking to Homeland, it won the Emmy for Best Drama Series in 2012. But just take a second to look at the category. Boardwalk Empire, Breaking Bad, Downton Abbey, never watched it because it clashes with American football, mm-hmm. Mad Men, and Homeland, and Game of Thrones. I just... I can't imagine a category for any award ceremony awarding anything being harder to call than that. It's incredibly tough. This is really the golden age of TV. And right now, with that drama category, you are looking at four four out of the five shows are shows on HBO or Showtime. American premium channel shows whose advantage over the regular channels are the fact that they don't have ads. But these shows also have to be engrossing. You could watch 24 with an ad break because it was great. You got the action, you got the little commercial bumps or whatever. But for Breaking Bad to hold your attention, for Homeland to hold your attention, and not all just with the same similar premise, it's amazing. Watch Homeland's... Boardwalk Empire, I was a bit meh, but I like it. I th- I'm quite liking this season. Mm-hmm. Watch that too. Thick of it. Yes, of course. Essential. Louis, go seek that out. Yeah. In the spare moments, you're not watching NFL. Yeah. The spare moments that we try to find. So, week five is around the corner. We're getting ready for that. We're getting excited about St. Louis Rams, New England Patriots coming to London in a couple of weeks. We're getting excited about Thanksgiving and we're getting excited about the podcast. We're getting excited about life. We're getting about excited about hearing from you guys more. We're getting excited about NFL. It's been fun, people. We have been North London 40. We will see you next week. Take care.